Please rise. Court is now in session. All rise. All rise. I strenuously object. A legal podcast brought to you by the Pittsburgh law firm of Flaherty Fardo is now in session. All those seeking information about the law and legal matters affecting the people of Pittsburgh and the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, half-baked opinions, and a dose of self-indulgence are invited to attend and participate. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! I object, Your Honor. Your Honor, I object. You would! Listen, we don't know you. We don't know who you are. We don't know what you do. So please do not rely on anything we say as legal advice. I'm Noah Fardo, presiding. My wingman, attorney Bill Rigel. And all we're trying to do is bring a little irreverence. That's just what this stubby company needs. A little irreverence. Well, let's start the insanity. Call the first witness. Hello. 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 How are you, Bill? Oh, I'm great this morning, Noah. It's good to good to be back with you here. How are you? I'm back, baby. I'm back, baby. Although I can't <laughs> pull a Frank Costanza as well as anybody, but that is two Seinfelds pretty early on. Um, do you think anyone noticed we've been away for about six weeks? I hope some people have noticed. I I can't pretend to be optimistic enough to say for sure anyone noticed. Well, we're back. And today we're going to be specific because our producer, Mike, hello, Mike, how are you today? I'm doing good. So far, so good, good, guys. He said we need to be specific. We need to help people answer specific questions. So today on I Strenuously Object, how to prepare for your deposition. Now, that's not very sexy, but if somebody is trying to understand how to prepare for a deposition, once again, I think this will be the greatest podcast ever recorded on this specific issue. You agree? This is going to be the banger of all bangers. Well, good. From a roadmap perspective today, we got a great guest. we got our founding partner, Sean, Sean Flaherty. Um, he's been practicing civil litigation for over 30 years, knows more about depositions than most attorneys, and certainly can help provide some insight today. But we're also going to end with the best advice that we will ever give to a party or a witness on what you need to know about your deposition. But before we get to Sean, before we get to really trying to help the people, how many people out of 10, Bill, do you think actually know what a deposition is? Yeah, it's, this is one of these words that everyone's heard, right? If you, um, if you kind of consume the news or you watch legal television programming or movies, we've all heard of a deposition. I'm going to guess something in the neighborhood of 30% actually know what a deposition is and the other 70 maybe have kind of a ballpark idea. All right, let me um, ask producer Mike. Do you know what a deposition is? To be honest, I don't. And I don't even know why I would be deposed. Why would that even happen to me? <laughs> That's a good angle, right? Listen, a deposition is under oath testimony. If you're in a civil lawsuit between parties, there is an odd that if you're a party to that lawsuit or you're a witness in that lawsuit, that they're going to take your deposition. And there is not a lot of material out there about how people prepare for that deposition. Would you agree? I would agree. No. I note at the outset, there might be some good reasons for that. The first thing you should do to prepare for your deposition, assuming hypothetically you're already represented by counsel, is, you know, talk to your attorney and listen to what they say. Um, but, you know, as, a, as an alternative approach, uh, you know, we're happy to talk today about what exactly it is that a witness kind of staring down the barrel of a deposition um, needs to know um, to perform their best and to, well, not lose their case. Um, 
there are a couple different kinds of deposition, and I'll circle back to that at the end of this description. But just so we're talking about the same thing in broad strokes, a deposition is a question and answer session. It's testimony under oath that is in some form or fashion recorded. It is like the testimony that you would see or that you would give in court in the sense that the attorney asks questions and the witness, who is sometimes called a deponent in a deposition, answers those questions. The witness is under oath. The witness is required to answer the questions accurately and honestly, and a record is created of the proceedings. At minimum, there's a court reporter there, uh, or you know, sometimes you'll hear them called a stenographer, um, and they will take down everything that's said to create a written record. Now, sometimes we videotape depositions as well. That kind of changes the approach a little bit. So one of the things you'll want to keep your eye on if you're giving a deposition is, hey, is this thing being video recorded or are we just creating a written transcript? Um, because that can change things both in terms of your appearance and the way you handle silences uh, during the course of your questioning. But anyway, depositions are different than trial testimony or testimony in court in front of a judge or a jury in that the whole purpose is to create this record. Most depositions are taken during the discovery phase of a case. The rules of evidence are broader, and there's nobody there to rule on evidentiary objections anyway. You'll hear objections made during the course of the deposition, and they're filling up the record so we can fight about them later. But generally, you're going to have to answer even objectionable questions during the course of a deposition. Let me give you a specific example, right? Um, most people have at least heard of a hearsay objection, right? The objection, hearsay is, you know, kind of seeped into the popular culture objected to on the grounds that the question calls for hearsay testimony that it calls for a conclusion of the witness that it is not the best evidence and furthermore it is incompetent irrelevant and immaterial sustained this is all speculation and hearsay at trial i can't ask a witness you know hey what did bob say to you you know about what happened in that accident can't ask it it's specifically calling for hearsay in a discovery deposition you can and will be asked to talk about what Bob said to you, right? You will be asked to testify to hearsay. And the reason is one of the purposes of the deposition is to figure out whether or not we need to get the testimony of Bob. And so because it's a discovery deposition, the scope of what's being talked about is much broader um, than what you're going to see at trial. So, yeah, I mean, certainly the highlights of what you said there is it, a deposition is a under oath testimony that is very different than trial testimony. But anybody who's listening to this likely is going to be deposed and is looking for some advice. So that's where I want to go to next. And I want to bring in attorney Sean Flaherty. Um, you and I have worked with Sean for I'm over 22 years. You've been with us 15, 16 years. Is that correct? Trying to do the math in my head. Yeah, I think I'm in year 16 now. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had a great run. We've always gotten along and I don't think we've ever even fought over, over that time period, which is pretty amazing. But um, Sean is the man. Sean, hello. Hello. Hey, 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 hey. Good morning, everybody. How you doing, Sean? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Having a little bit of coffee and enjoying the uh, listening to you guys chat about depositions. There was a great deposition story. Well, let's let's strike that. We'll end with the great deposition story after we give the best advice ever. So, Sean, what's your thoughts so far? Depositions are usually scary because nobody's ever done them before. It's not like they do them every day. When I say they, I mean the deponent. Um, the attorneys are pretty skilled at it. One of the first things I think is if I represent a client who is going into a deposition, 
this is the opportunity where the opposing attorney has an opportunity to take a look and size up your client and your case. So one of the first things I'm concerned about is the, the appearance of my client when they go into the deposition. I, I want them to know that, that they're going to be dressed accordingly, that they're going to be judged. When they go into a deposition, the first thing I think that the person has to do when that person walks in the room, or the attorney on the other side is judging you. The, the, the opposing attorney is looking at you, whether there's one attorney, two attorneys, sometimes there's several attorneys in the case. They're all, they're judging you. What, what are your look? What's your appearance? Are you confident? Do you appear to be sketchy? Do you appear to be uh, diverting eye contact? Can you say hello? And I want them to say hello to the attorneys on the other side. Hello! This is not a, uh, this is not a fighting situation. This is just a, we're just talking about a situation which brought up this lawsuit. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I always use uh, it's a first date. It's a job interview. Okay, you you have to make a good impression. And and Bill, you and I, Bill's always real good about this. Cover your tattoos. I don't want to see obvious piercings. Um, you know, if there's scarring that was a cause of the accident, maybe we do want that visible. Don't cover that. So, like Sean said, there's all these just general first impressions. Um, and then you and then you break it down. Bill, what's your insight on appearance? Because that is the number one thing that we're trying to teach people today. Your appearance, your first impression matters. Bill, your intake? Yeah, it's it's a fairways and greens situation, right? Um, first date is an interesting and, and good analogy, I think. You don't want to pretend to be somebody that you're not, but you want to put your best foot forward. You want to understand that you don't want to give the opposing attorney something they can seize on or a reason to think, well, this person's going to be a bad witness or people aren't going to like them. You know, if you, you know, if you show up with, you know, obvious tattoos and piercings, or if you show up underdressed, you know, maybe 10 out of 12 jurors don't care or think that's fine. You know, it's everyone isn't, you know, your stodgiest grandparent. Oh, my stars. But yeah, it's, some it's, people are your stodgiest grandparent and you want to dress to please them. Yeah, I don't think you're allowed to say it anymore, but it's going to church. I don't know if you're allowed to say church, but you're going to church. So dress appropriately. Number two, one simple. Number two um, is the approach to questions. And Bill, I'll let you take the, the lead on this. But a deposition you know, is a question and answer session, but you need to listen to the question. The, the kind of ballpark, like important key rule here to remember is you cannot win your case in a deposition. You can lose it. You can't win! You will lose. And so because you can't win, um, you want to be careful, smart, measured. Don't give them more words than you have to. Listen to the question that's asked. Answer specifically and only the question that's asked. If they ask you, are you employed? Answer, yes. And then stop. Don't tell them where you're employed. The lawyer will ask that follow-up question. Um, but kind of just as a way of getting used to the habit of answering specifically and only what's answered, don't anticipate what you think the attorney is going to ask next and start answering it answer specifically and only what is asked of you because you can't really help yourself. All you're really trying to do is avoid major pitfalls, right? 
avoid major pitfalls in your appearance, avoid major pitfalls in your answers, uh, you know, avoid major pitfalls in terms of coming in too nervous. That's your goal here. Yes, yeah, Sean, what's your take? You know, I think that Bill's absolutely right. You, you, you try to coach your witness into answering just the question. However, we as attorneys are skilled in going beyond that. Um, and I always advise my clients that, look, the attorney on the other side wants to get into a conversation with you. This is not a conversation. And people invariably want to talk and have a conversation and they want to put on their side of the story. And it's very hard to coach them. And attorneys are skilled. And this is, I, I try to impress this, that attorneys on the other side, when they're asking you questions, are very skilled at wearing you down. They will ask a half hour of question and answer that you've already prepped them on, which are easy. Do you have a job? Yes. Where's your job? I work at XYZ Corporation. How many years have you been there? Where do you live? How many children do you have? Where did you go to school? They're able to get through all of that. But after about a half an hour of that, and, and that's what happens is it's kind of a, 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 a boxing situation. Well, then the attorney starts to get into the more conversational questions, which is really the meat and potatoes. And you, and you have to remind your client that they are just answering the questions. And sometimes if, if they get too chatty, I'll, I'll, I'll throw an objection and just to slow it down. Mm-hmm. Yep. So look, when people get nervous, they talk. I mean, that's just, that's human nature and good attorneys will let it be silent. So if I'm taking the deposition of Mike, I'll just look at you and you'll feel the need to talk and you can't be into that. And we talked about a first date, um, Bill, you and I were preparing somebody recently and I told him, not only are you on a first date, but you're at a viewing. Okay. It's a very sad viewing and this girl's next to you and she's asking you a question. How would you answer? You'd answer very few words, very simple, very quiet, because I don't want you talking. And if you're at a viewing where nobody's talking, it's, it, you know, it's one way to look at it. Uh, you follow the, um, the Aaron Burr advice, right? Talk less, smile more. You want your physical comportment to look like you're not nervous. You want to look like you're being open and honest with them, but you want to say the fewest number of words possible. So got to look good. First impressions matter. Only answer the question asked. Your approach to questions, less is more. Let it be silent. The other thing, too, is, and I have a hard, fast rule about this. After about 45 to 50 minutes, that's about all I can take sitting down. My back starts to hurt. I might have to go to the bathroom. Um, This from the man who put old in old school. You know, you, you, you want to rechat, re- recharge in what attorneys, attorneys can go ahead. They can ask questions for two hours straight without getting up. And the witness has never in, 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 done this in their lives before. So it's not uncommon for me to say at this point, after I'll, I'll watch the clock and after 45 or 50 minutes, I will make a request to excuse myself and, and go to the restroom. I, I do like with my client if they're, they're a male, but if it's a if he, female, you know, we, we regroup outside. If we have anything to chat about going back in that needs to be expounded or, or further uh, um, put into the record, you can mention that. Um, but you obviously have the opportunity to go back and ask questions later, but it's always a good time. Every 45 minutes to an hour, I never let a deposition go over an hour. I can't sit for over an hour myself without losing my train of thought. 
and it's not it's and you're allowed to take a rest as as as, as often as you want and you encourage the witness to to note that we're going to take breaks and i always tell them every 45 minutes to an hour that's the most we're going to go even if you want to continue to go on i'm going to slow it down with that process yeah, makes sense. Hey, let's wrap this up. The, the final thing we're going to talk about, and this is the best advice, and it seems the most obvious, but it's not, and we'll expand upon it, is you have to be honest. Um, and Bill, that includes no exaggerating. There is a natural desire that people have to either overplay or underplay, depending on the circumstances and the nature of questions, the emotional elements of the case, right? Don't overstate how fast the car was going because to you, you, you want to emphasize that it was a hard impact. William, let me chime in on that. You said overstate, and that's really one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they try to overstate it or embellish it. There are certain words you need to keep out of your testimony. Phrases such as honestly before you answer a question or to tell you the truth or to be honest with you. These are things that people want to naturally say to enhance their own credibility, but you're already under oath. They use the word clearly in front of something. Like he was clearly driving too fast. All of that embellishment or exaggeration actually is counterproductive in a deposition. You should never have to say honestly or to tell you the truth because you're already under oath. We don't need those words. No, and people have kind of two, two different dispositions towards, well, I guess three. One, people try to out-argue the lawyer. They want to go in there and win their argument and convince the lawyer that they're right. That leads you to exaggerations, and that leads to you having an engagement on someone else's home turf, right? Um, the lawyer's done a bunch of depositions in their life. You have not. This is not the place where you want to have these conversations. And then there are some people who want to, you know, exaggerate um, to kind of justify themselves, to justify to themselves why they're here in a lawsuit. I want you to be honest. I don't want you to sugarcoat it, but I don't want you to overstate it either. I want the truth! But there are people who go in the other direction who were, a lot of people have kind of cultural drives to tell someone else they're okay. It's impolite to tell other people what your injuries are or what problems you're going through. Or like, people don't like to talk about emotions to strangers. How are you today? I'm fine. How many times do we say that in our lives when we're not really fine? That instinct is also a problem in depositions. It's kind of the, the counter side of the exaggeration coin. Um, you're already in this situation, right? You have to be honest. And that includes being willing to talk about uncomfortable things sometimes. Because if you don't, if you go in there and say you're doing fine, if the lawyer asks you whether or not you've healed and you say, oh, yeah, and you don't bother to tell them that you can't look over your left shoulder anymore. Well, that's it. You're never going to be able to bring that claim back. Yeah. Let me ask Sean. Sean, I mean, I think Bill yelled that up a little bit, but it's real simple. You can't, you have to be honest and you cannot exaggerate any detail. Any exaggeration against you will be twisted into a lie. Your thoughts? And sometimes it's embellishment, which is natural. We, we want to do it. But again, you've got to go back to keep it short, stupid. I mean, yeah. you have to remind your client. And that's what I do when, 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 when I go out to the restroom after every 45 minutes, I, I re-remind them. The one thing I re-remind them is keep it simple, stupid. I said, you're getting a little conversational in here. Just listen to the questions. And attorneys invariably, it's at the end of the deposition where, where for the take it from the other side, when I've been taking a deposition where you really get to the meat and the potatoes is after the deponent is worn down at the end of the deposition and they start really chatting. And now we've got a real conversation going. And it might take me two, 
three hours to get there. And nobody's been in a conversation like that. And so now they're just, they're just going. And yeah, the time of the time of a deposition, Sean, you, and you hit it over and over today. It could be one hour. It could be three hours. It could be six hours. And you and I have both over the years just worn people down waiting for that one question and answer that we can then cherry pick out of the transcript, throw on a big screen in court and say, we gotcha. And that's all they're trying to do. So if you think right. you're trying to talk like Bill said and win the case, it's just, it's not, it's not the right strategy. That's why it's so important to come out every 45 minutes to an hour, recharge the batteries, re-remind the deponent, look, keep it short. You're not listening. You're starting to get, I've told them many times, you're starting to get too chatty and not listening to the question. Just yeah. keep it short. And you re-remind them every time and it does help. Shut up, Meg. So how, how do you prepare for your deposition in Pennsylvania? It's simple. Number one, your appearance, first impressions matter. Number two, your approach to questions. Please only answer the question asked. And number three, be honest. No exaggerating at all. Um, you know, bringing this home, we promised our listeners two things today. We promised them the best advice on how to prepare for your deposition. And that's simple. Be honest. Don't exaggerate. But we also promised them a good deposition story. And the best deposition scene I've seen in a movie comes from Alec Baldwin in the classic Malice, where he is a doctor who was accused of uh, committing malpractice and is being deposed. And one of the things we could not emphasize enough today is that if you are asked a yes or no question, you don't just go into a, a monologue explaining or answering anything else. You say yes or no, and you let it be silent but let's hear what Alec Baldwin did. The question is, do I have a God complex? I have an MD from Harvard. I am board certified in cardiothoracic medicine and trauma surgery. I have been awarded citations from seven different medical boards in New England. So I ask you, when someone goes into that chapel and they fall on their knees and they pray to God that their wife doesn't miscarry or that their daughter doesn't bleed to death, or that their mother doesn't suffer acute neural trauma from post-operative shock. Who do you think they're praying to? Now, you go ahead and read your Bible, Dennis, and you go to your church, and with any luck, you might win the annual raffle. But if you're looking for God, he was in operating room number two on November 17th, and he doesn't like to be second-guessed. You ask me if I have a God complex? Let me tell you something. I am God. Bill, what'd you think of that answer? So, so what you're saying is I shouldn't do that. If I'm being deposed, I shouldn't, because I'm getting contradictory signals here. You're telling me that if asked a question like that, I should just answer yes or no. And maybe that's true. But on the other hand, uh, I'm pretty sure Winston Zedmore told me that if somebody asked me if I am a God, I say yes. Great. When someone asks you, if you're a God, you say Yes. Well, that's not the lesson for today. And that episode there pretty much summarizes he did everything wrong. All right. He, he decided to talk. He was trying to win his case. He wasn't answering the question. He was trying to win his case. The other lawyer just let him talk because the more he talks, the more the lawyers can pick out something he says. But if you're asked a yes or no question, you simply answer yes or no, and you do not go into any type of dialogue. And I don't, I don't think it's necessary. Mike? Yeah, um, in the context of the movie, did that end up hurting his case? I never saw the movie. Oh, you know what? I, I can't believe we didn't bring that up. 
But after that happened, the defense lawyers realized that they cannot go to trial with a witness with this type of ego, and it settled for whatever they wanted. That killed the case. So like Bill said before, you can never win you ca your case. You can lose your case. And in the instances of Alan's, Alec Baldwin and Malice, that's exactly what happened. Uh, yes. Proclaiming one's divinity does seem like a pretty good way uh, to, to abandon um, your case and, and convince your lawyers that we need to settle now. Yeah. Yeah. Humility is a good thing in your deposition. Certainly. The crazy things can happen, happen at depositions. You get lawyers that are fighting, you get clients that get upset, clients that get emotional. Um, Sean's advice of keep it both short and simple is, is perfect and sound advice. Anything you guys want to wrap up here? Do you think we've helped people on how to prepare for their deposition in Pennsylvania? Bill, you want to go first? I can. Um, yeah, I mean, I think these are the key features. And again, it, it, some of the details are going to depend case by case and situation by situation but you're never going to go wrong by listen to the question, pause, go slow. Think of your answer. Make sure it's an answer to the question and not to some other related question, and then give it in as few words as possible. Sean? If the question can be answered with yes or no, answer it with yes or no. Yeah. If there's anything that I don't think we hit enough is the importance of going slow. But hey, thank you, Sean. How was your first experience? Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. It's very fun. Let's do it again soon. Uh, hopefully we've, uh, we've told you all you need to know to go in there and uh, cross your deposition, unless, of course, uh, we're the ones deposing you. Uh, so that should do it for this episode of I Strenuously Object. After your deposition, um, please come back, subscribe, rate, and review us. Tell your friends about our podcast and how we help you uh, prepare for your deposition. If you have any questions for our mailing it in segment or other feedback for the podcast, you can email us directly at iobject at pghfirm.com. For more information about your deposition, how to prepare for your deposition, or personal injury or medical malpractice information in general, visit our website, pghfirm.com. Until next time, some parting advice. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. Noah, are we adjourned? We are adjourned. <laughs>